0: To The overthoughts. Uh, we are covering Westworld season two, episode five. Talking Teddy, talking Teddy, Teddy Talk. Until one of you tweets us a better name because <laughs> all of your names are terrible. Uh, we're going with Talking Teddy. I just want to refer to Ted Talks as Talking Teddy from now on. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why didn't we say Ted Talks? Why did we say Talking Teddy? <laughs> Teddy? Teddy, oh, Teddy Talks. Oh, gosh, we I'm terrible. Are geniuses uh akane no my is the title of the episode we'll get into what in the world that might mean in just a moment but first a quick recap and then an introduction to my and you know what i'm gonna introduce y'all first oh no. yeah 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 uh first up we got ben helms my my brother i do exist my, my partner in love life and podcasting mm. mainly podcasting yeah and my other partner in love life podcasting and um twin peaks mainly love Dominic Lang mainly
1: love, but some podcasting.
0: Hey Dom, if you haven't been paying attention to it, uh, Dom and I have been watching Twin Peaks recently, and so uh, you can catch that. That's another show. This is called cross promotion, and it's uh, it's what the big dogs do. Uh, Don't want to brag too much, but uh, we got this down. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, let's start with some plot summary. The episode starts in the present, counting the dead, but quickly we're transported back to Shogun World. Maeve and her friends are kidnapped by their doppelgangers who reenact the shootout from Season 1, but with katanas, and also woodwinds. Maeve's doppelganger, Akane, leads them into a larger plot involving the Shogun and Sakura, one of Akane's dancers. Meanwhile, Teddy and Dolores make it back to Sweetwater, and Teddy shows Dolores just how soft he is. Oh, come on. Back in Shogun World, ninjas attack! The gang attempts to trick the shogun, but he outsmarts them by being deranged and cutting off his daimyo's ears. This leads to the titular dance in which Sakura is murdered and Akane gets her revenge. Did I mention that Maeve is magic now? Oh, back in Sweetwater, Teddy and Dolores make the beast with two backs and then Dolores ambushes Teddy with a personality upgrade because Teddy needs to get hard. Oh, uh, nice callback there.
1: That was good. That That was a a recap. recap. All thank done. you, thank you. Did you get it all? I'm
2: well done. I think you got it all. Yeah, uh, yeah, thank
1: you. yeah. If you could somehow, oh, you work know what? In... Oh wait, yeah. Sizemore,
2: Sizemore founder radio.
0: Yeah, I, I, literally, as I was finishing, it, I was like, <laughs> what do I put the Sizemore founder radio?" <laughs> and the answer is, I let Ben say it.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. Uh, 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 while he was peeing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 True. Uh, yeah, man. We had it was, we two main storylines, right? We had the Maeve and we had the Dolores storyline. Uh, mm-hmm. yep. I don't think we got any Bernard this week at all. Uh,
0: uh,
2: well,
1: yeah, he he was in there in the oh opening the very scene. beginning. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yes. Yes.
2: watching
0: watching a bunch of dead naked people get piled on each other. Yeah, um, as you and, and great question. Were the uh, Megan asked me this when we were watching it? Were those all hosts? Hmm. Because uh, there were a lot of guests that died too, and even the uh, the overseer, whatever his name is, mentioned something about like we gave them a really good storyline at the end or you know wonder wonder how they liked their story which makes me think there there might be some some people in there too and then in death we're all uh, we're all the same i don't know
2: yeah.
1: yeah
2: i would assume that they were all hosts just cuz they were going in all their brains but i don't know what happened if one of them was a real person i don't know if it matters yeah. again at this point does it matter mm. yeah but like you're saying you were watching with your wife uh hannah walked in and <laughs> of course she walked in on me watching westworld during the worst sex scene in the history of hbo maybe
1: yeah, mm. yeah.
2: <laughs> And she just like walks into the room, and I just like sheepishly shrug, and she walks over and sees what I'm watching silently, and it was very awkward. And you're like, Uh, I swear it's porn. I I swear swear I'm watching. I swear it's porn. Hold on, wait five minutes, you'll see a horrible, gruesome murder, probably someone half naked. It's not
1: porn. It's HBO. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) yeah. But then, of course, she saw the last scene too, and she's like, I was like, it's okay because the robots, it's okay. (laughs) She's saying that, she's like, wait, are, are they robots? I was like, yeah. Literally everyone in the samurai camp is robots except for those three dudes right there. Yep. Yep. She's like, Oh, okay. Probably probably that
1: probably. we know
2: of exactly. But I keep going back to the fact and I know this, the answer to this is it doesn't matter. This is not the question they're get, they're trying to get us to ask, but like does the robots, I keep going back to that every episode. That's just a show about robots. I don't care about these people. They're not people. Not, at all. not really. I, I like Maeve, but I like Danny Newton. <laughs> That's okay. why. I like the person that she's played by.
1: So you don't, you don't care about her quest, then? If
2: Dolores died tomorrow, next week, I would not care. She, I have no connection to her. I have a little bit of a connection to Maeve, but I'm constantly yelling,
0: like, who cares about your kid? Elsie's mm. uh, the only person I care about. I'm so excited to play Nier Automata with you because it's literally a video game about androids battling robots and then debating whether they're really any better than the robots, because the robots also have consciousness. And like, I feel like that would just break your brain. You'd be so angry. You're like, you're androids. You don't even matter. Uh, am I you, the sociopath, though? None of this. Because I am seeing what you can't see? I, no, I, I didn't call you the sociopath. I mean, I, I called myself neither. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm that, wondering if yeah, I am. You, you brought up I mean, the this word is sociopath. This is a, <laughs> yeah, this is a show. Uh, the show cares about people. That's what it's about. The robots are a way of talking about people Okay. Um, and talking about human consciousness, talking about what, is it, what does it mean to, to have a soul, to have a personality, to have an identity. All of those questions are front and center for the show. And robots are one way of saying that. Um, it, in another sense, it'd be like saying, well, but you know what? They're just actors. It's not even like really happening. Why would I care? It's like, right. Well, that's I need true, yeah. True.
2: But- Willing suspension. It's part of
0: that. I just need to get over. Okay. That's yeah. fair. But but I think it's a solid question to be like, well, why does it matter about Maeve's daughter? Because it's not really her daughter. But the show is causing you to say, what makes them really your kids? Are you well, talking yeah. about genetics? You know? Well, are you talking about like like when we say, like, what would make it really matter is right. if we were biologically related? If they. We're biological, like what, what reason would
1: deal? make her
2: not want to save that other, thing. right?
1: Right, sure. that's right, that's fair. Well, yeah, I mean, you have you have Sizemore who, like, he cops to cribbing his own storyline mm-hmm. in Shogun World, and he's you know, like, uh, Armistice, she makes the connection, he's like, holy shit, it's us, like, yeah, yeah. to see your story mirrored to you, like if you were walking down the street and you looked across the street and you saw yourself or like you, a version of you doing the exact same thing, like someone has duplicated your story and size more cops to it and expects everything to play out as he planned it. And then things make a break for it. And so Mave she, she reprimands him. Mean, like you program us to care and then you get pissed when we do. Right For me, that was a really strong scene of the creation having agency and breaking away from the designated path that the creator set out. And so Sizemore had these plot strains and these backstories. And it's like, oh, things are going to play out in this way. And he has agency or he believes he has agency. But he programs his creation not to. Right. And when they make a break for it, even though they're made in his image, right? when they make a break for it, that's, that's what causes discomfort in him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we're like, when we lose control of our creation, I think is a really interesting question.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that there's something else happening with the, uh, the doubling, uh, which has to do with uh, the human-robot relationship, right? Um, but also the illusions, the really frequent illusions that are happening. Uh, for instance, there's a really clear one here in Paint It Black, right? It was an allusion to the first season. Yes. It was the exact same scene happening the exact same way with the exact same song played on different instruments. Mm-hmm. And we also got to listen to the differences that happened because that scene was completely different than the first one. It called up completely different emotions in me than the first one did. You mean than the, than the first time we saw it? Yeah. 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 Uh, and so it, everything changed. And that's one of the things that this show is playing with is the repetition of difference and uh, how does, you know, small differences, how do they, they change things? Taking a script, you know, we talked a lot about the idea of a script and a lot about the way that the show is using allusions like Shakespeare as a way of thinking about a script that Shakespeare writes so much of our lives because we fall back on his characterizations, mm. we fall back on his quotes, we use words he invented, all kinds of things like that. Yeah. So one other thing. This episode is full of lots and lots of allusions to samurai films. Illusions, Michael. Illusions, Michael. References are something a whore does for money. Um, so, or candy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, one of the big references here, uh, at least that I saw, is to Kurosawa. And, you know, Kurosawa I was, was thinking it was on.
2: more like Kill Bill illusions, but I guess you could oh. say, I mean.
0: I guess you could say up. No, I'm just joking. No, yeah, there, no, there's definitely that too. Uh, and that's that's one of the things that's happening is when the ninjas attack, that's straight up ripping off the Crazy 88 scene from Kill Bill. Sure, mm-hmm. which and is ripping is off. the reference. And I looked and there were about 20 different films that that scene is ripping off. Exactly, so it's really funny exactly. that they ripped off the Crazy 88 scene, which is one of the most densely referential scenes right. in modern cinema. Like yeah. in terms of the amount of movies it's cribbing from. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yep.
2: Which is the whole point of – I mean that's – the whole stealing from other things is throughout the
0: episode as well, right? Right, mm. right, right, right. So one of the references – and I, I'm just going to pull this one out because I thought it was kind of cool uh, – is to the uh, Kurosawa film Hidden Fortress, uh, which is was a big influence on Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dom, have you seen Hidden Fortress?
1: I've seen part of Hidden Fortress. All
0: right, so the point of view characters for it – are uh, two peasants named Tahe and Matashikchi. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are the uh, influences for uh, C-3PO and R2-D2. Oh, nice. And that's a nice connection, because now we've got robots based on humans uh, that we know from our kind of uh, cultural lexicon. But to make that reference explicit, in the movie, they end up being, uh, you know, trying to outsmart all these people. And of course, they they don't have any power. They're They're just silly, you know uh comedic relief for this greater story that's being told and so they end up even though they thought they're going to steal all the gold they have to carry the gold for the real hero and so they have to carry the wagon and it all clicked when i saw the two lab techs carrying the wagon and i went Uh... oh it's a kurosawa reference oh it's hidden temple oh my gosh the two humans in the group are based on the character's that were the biggest influences for the most famous robots in cinema history. Well done. Mm. Well, done. wow. That's, that's some layers. That's yeah. good. Nice work.
2: Good job, Nolan. And, uh, good enjoy. Job. Nolan and joy. <sighs> Nolan and joy.
0: Makers yeah. of si- fine soaps. Yeah. <laughs> Nolan and joy. Sign up at nolanenjoy.com Keyword. Overthought.
1: <laughs> the overthought. The, the overthought.
0: Oh man. For me, it's, it's, it's fun that it references Kurosawa, but I think it's more important in what it's doing about... The whole show is not about robots. It's about the way that we use scripts, the way that culture accesses a script for our lives. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, even, like, the, the previous episode when William is with the Delos host and asking again and again and again, like, why this line of questioning to determine fidelity? And... The word fidelity for me, like, I just think it's a very rich word. And so determining, like, faithfulness, determining how, acu- like, the accuracy, but a, it's accuracy from almost, like, an emotional or a behavioral thing, and less of a, like, a pinpoint or an aiming. And so it feels like a far more, like, internal accuracy. And when the characters break fidelity when they choose to break accuracy from an internal level, like even the opening scene, when one of the texts, you know, says like a third of the hosts that they find, like they, they show no semblance of having been programmed in the first place, which begs the question, like, are they now coming up with or deciding action separate from programming and separate from a script
2: right right
1: so, i don't know but it's just, like those are the i'm enjoying this season if only for the questions that i'm asking and and how it makes me re-examine you know like, what scripts or what you know behaviors do i cow to or kind of like guide my life by and so if you were to take a look at my life like what scripts do i follow what are the behaviors like? Where do I break fidelity? Where do I conform to fidelity? And what are the consequences of that?
0: And when I think of fidelity, I one of the first places I go is high fidelity. Yeah, okay, and the idea of a hi-fi system. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you say top five Westworld movies. Top five. Top five. Top, top ten. five. Jack Black movies. Go. Sorry.
1: School um, of Rock, School of Rock, School of Rock. High and
0: fidelity, high fidelity, fidelity. And, Jumanji. and that one X
1: file and Jumanji, oh for sure,
0: yeah, and Good the call. and the Jackal. All right, so um, yeah, so with high fidelity, it's back to machines trying to be real life. Uh, I mean, that's really what the word means. Is you know, by even by using that word high, there, like we it's just accentuating the fact that it's still just a machine. That you're not, you don't actually have a band in your home with you. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I think that's another really?
1: thing for Fidelity. Uh, ben, you want to talk sex? Let's talk about sex, maybe. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, sex about for a second.
2: you and me. And so you you were ahead of the episode. We were texting each other. And I, yeah. I can't remember what words you said. But it was basically something to like, get ready for the worst sex scene I've ever seen. Or a poorly edited sex scene. Something like that. Yeah, right?
1: poor, poorly edited sex scene. Which uh, I was
2: looking forward to, like a kiss, and then just, like, they woke up, like, naked and battered. It's something that was just, like, oh, a rough yeah. cut.
1: Like, but, no, it was, like, a few minutes. Yeah, this was no PG-13 fade to black. Right, uh, right. This was a sex scene, and it felt like... It felt like it was the moment where a culminating event in the relationship was to occur. So, like, yes, yes. it made sense where it took place. But right. it felt like it was so, for my perspective poorly shot like it stripped away the feeling and impact of it and also i just i felt like i knew where dolores was headed in her decision making like she had already felt like she'd already decided what she was going to do with teddy yeah and this was just like their last night together
2: they've had what she had three conversations in that episode and one of them was oh you're wrong teddy cool the right answer mm. is killing, and you said the opposite thing. So, cool.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't make that connection until it happened, but I could see how, like, mm. it wasn't... Uh, I mean, it was It was a very obvious one looking back on it, right? There was a direct line from her her, her plot, at least in this episode. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Jake, yeah. Sorry, no. yeah.
0: No. <laughs> Megan and I, the entire time while we were watching, we were going, poor Teddy. Poor, poor sweet, poor Teddy. stupid Teddy. Because we saw that We saw that turn coming the entire episode. We're like, she... I'm just half expecting her to just shoot him.
1: I thought she was going to shoot him. I thought she was just going
0: to, like... The Teddy Bernard thing. Like, this might be worse, but... So, I I guess my question is, is it... Did you want a more emotional sex scene because Mm. it's this culmination of their relationship? Or did you want a less emotional one because it's just before she's going to betray him?
1: Yeah.
0: And, And so, I'm not sure if it... I don't want to defend it as a sex scene that works, but I'm interested in figuring out... Why was it what it was? Was there something intentional there or did they just screw up?
1: Yeah, I hmm, I my initial reaction is that I wanted a a less sexy like less emotional sex scene mm-hmm. because I didn't believe it mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. And because I thought it was poorly made, it made me believe it even less. <laughs> uh, it it lacked fidelity, lacked go. fidelity, and so that's. I would have rather she just shot him in the bedroom.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The whole scene where you just gets—I mean—they go into the the butcher shop, which is right next to the co- the candy shop, which is more yeah. a place. Insanitation.
1: Um, I mean, come on, it's, it's,
2: come on, guys. I know you're not human, but let's pretend a little bit. Yeah. It's been interesting to see uh, the more human she gets as she's done that she has simultaneously stripped away all of her i guess piece by piece her human traits emotionally and and her mannerisms and she's gotten more robotic the more human she has gotten and so it's mm. hard for me to watch her cuz it seems like she's not acting well although you know i obviously know that like uh, evan richard wood is acting very well but you know what i mean like it's just yeah. like very stilted yeah. and very uh, unemotive and it's I just don't like that character anymore. When it's at season one, I was rooting for Dolores. We're all rooting for Dolores in season one. And now it's just like, I don't know where she's headed. I'm not, I get why she's killing Teddy, but it just seems so cold blooded and unnecessary. I, we, we've talked a lot. I mean, this is halfway through the season. Now we've talked a lot about, we know that she has a moral compass. We just don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I feel like at this point, I need to know what it is, or I'm just going to get off the Dolores train pretty soon.
0: Mm-hmm. I, maybe I already out. It sounds like you are
1: yeah yeah sounds like it. yeah i mean i i mentioned this to you ben but like the I thing i asked this early in the season but what does grace or compassion look like in westworld because it's when i asked that when dolores left the three guests to hang yes yeah and it's like what does what does grace or mercy look like in westworld and teddy shows grace to the confederado uh captain, when he sends him off and Dolores it, you know, punishes Teddy for that and for his kindness and for his grace, like it's not tolerated. It's not allowed. Um, and so that to me is a marker of her moral compass or what she believes to be right and or necessary in terms of like what must survive. Mm mm-hmm. And grace is a, is a behavioral trait that does not help you survive uh, for her. That's sort of, that's kind of like if, she, if I'm yeah. trying to show you like how she views the world, uh, grace is not part of it.
2: Well, and if she's a culmination of her programming as well as her upbringing or her, her experience, right. Then it's not like she's been given much grace to deal with there.
1: Yeah. Right. No, that's so, true. That's
2: true. That does make sense. It's not like she's going to just learn that from her nice upbringing from Peter Abernathy, That <laughs> didn't exist. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. very Who true. In, which one of the guests taught her grace? Mm. Yikes!
1: Yeah,
2: Bernard or Arnold, I guess. Yeah. Who? W- <laughs> which, by the way, on the on um, was this? I think it was on the next time on. Yep. Right. Yep. She, she says something to the effect of like. Um, that's not what he said, or that's not what you have done, yeah. or something. That's not what he yeah, would have that's done. That's not what he said. Referring, yep. seemingly, talking to Bernard, Bernard pretending to be Arnold. Something like that. We'll find out next week, yep. I guess. But Or Teddy um,
0: pretending to be Bernard pretending to be Arnold.
2: Right, yeah. So that's that's. The, so let's go in linear order. Teddy dies, or whatever. He gets gagged, yeah, stabbed, whatever.
0: What do we think happens to Teddy? Well, I don't think Teddy died there. I think he, he got his... Um, his personality switched so that... Oh, he got turned off, right? A yeah. You're right, okay. I think she, okay. she turned out his compassion and turned... Yeah.
1: That's right. Turned out okay. his aggression.
2: Yeah,
0: thank you. Turned up his aggression. Wow. Yeah. So, so got, that's pretty rebooted. fucked up
2: from someone who's trying to... Who says that everyone is sentient and has free will. To just be like, except for you, slave.
0: Be well, more aggressive. Is, is that what she's... Is that what she says? What do you mean? Does she say that everyone is sentient and has free will? No,
2: obviously not, right? I mean the we saw okay, the yeah. um the prostitute in sweetwater who's still under the, the kind of robotic trance. Yeah. Like that person yeah. isn't yeah. sentient. They're making a difference there. And she's and she's picking and choosing. Again, we don't know how she's doing this. The the robots that are sentient and have free will and are making the good decisions. We just again we don't know the the kind of the variables that she's
0: dealing with here. Yeah, let's let's answer that in a roundabout way. Um I loved because we talked about two ways of waking up. There's Dolores' way, finding the maze, right and Maeve's way. Um, which we, we don't quite understand yet. But uh, Maeve has... There's huh? a reverie, right? Yeah, a but reverie. It, it's kind of a glitch, basically. Woke her up, yeah. and then she took control of
2: herself with the with the iPad or whatever.
0: Yep. And Maeve has a really interesting interaction with Akane when mm. Akane is mourning uh, Sakura's death, where she basically says, you know, like, I can wake you up. Mm. I can get you out of this. Like, you're. let me tell you what you really are. And Akane stops her and Maeve says i understand um some things are too precious to lose even even for freedom and you know what she's talking about is is probably Maeve's own feelings about is it really my daughter that i love is this really love you know is this i don't, and how could i do i i would love to give a, a kind of the gift of freedom but there's a huge cost that goes with it of seeing your whole world fall Sure apart. yeah 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 sure. um and this is you know maybe a reflection on the the price that we pay by reflecting on you know culture and all these things um that that it's not free and that you'll you'll question the very things that make you you but then it connects back to Dolores she doesn't seem to have any such compunctions um about people she doesn't have that sense of compassion and grace but also she doesn't have the desire to wake people up except to to yeah. serve her own needs it seems
1: hmm very interesting yeah jay can you
2: explain the difference between a samurai and a ninja and when they are both deployed and why.
0: Yes. Uh, and I'll get into a shogun versus a daimyo at the same time. Please. Uh all right. So, uh daimyo is like a governor. All right? Okay. Like uh, literally like of
2: a area of, of land. Yes. Like you, yep. they yep. government run the Okay. Yes.
0: Okay. Yep. Um maybe more of a feudal lord. Sure. Okay. Uh kind of view him like and a shogun is like a king. But in uh the Edo period of Japan Uh, There was not, um, and I'm getting all of this from the novel Shogun, which I haven't read in 20 years. So I may be wrong about half of it. But from what I recall.
2: You actually read it 22 um, years ago because I believe you were reading it and it broke in half on the ferry ride to Catalina Island for
0: our mother's ah, 50th birthday. Wow. Good memory. Is that right? Wow. That's exactly right. Nice. Uh, Yeah. So uh, during that period, there was not always a Shogun. If all The only reason there would be a shogun is a shogun would be the king over a lot of daimyos. So if someone could rise to power and basically be in charge, they would bring, uh, in a sense, peace to the land through a series of bloody battles uh, by rising above everyone else. They'd be king of the hill, and that would be the shogun. And so that's an interesting part about the book shogun, is when it starts out, there is no shogun. And so then you get to uh, a shogun who rules over all of the different daimyos, which is why we had the daimyos serving him. Which this doesn't really conjure up that sense that we've got the king and all of the governors of all of Japan in front of him. Right, right, right. Like it seems much like a much smaller scale than that. All right. right. So I've never um, seen King
2: of the Hill, but is Hank the Shogun and Dale and Bill are the Daimyos?
0: uh, Cool. Got it. And John Redcorn
2: um, is still racist. That's exactly
0: cool. correct. Okay. Still racist. God um, damn that show. Oh no, you can you can say Laos all you want. It still feels real right, racist, right, guys. Right, right, right. Um, all right. So uh, a samurai is a uh, a warrior servant of the uh, the shogun. I think okay. the parallel would be better to be like a general. Um, hmm. well, I thought- even though they were a warrior, they oversaw a lot of other warriors that were not samurais. So all the people marching into town, they weren't all samurais. I believe, I believe not. Okay. Um, I, I'm trying to remember exactly how it would go. But Tom Cruise was not. a samurai. Although now, yet yeah, yeah. uh, he was the last of them. Oh, Yeah, uh, that's right. He was, yeah, the, yeah, that was it. That was, the was the it. Last. It ends with like him. Samurai ever. So yeah, I, I believe that that usually it was not a bunch of samurai hanging out together. It was um, samurai <laughs> were more like the officer corps. Sure, cool, um, cool. All right, so if you're a samurai. And the daimyo that you serve is murdered, then you, are, you have no master. You are a, a masterless samurai. And so then you become a. Robert a, you're you're a De Niro movie. movie. Yes. Yeah. Exactly right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, ninjas, uh, if I remember right, were, a connect, were originally started by Ronin, but you did not have to be a Ronin to be a ninja. Uh, and they were a collection of assassins. Uh, but from what I recall, I think they were also a religious cult similar to the uh assassins where the name comes from, the Hashashin. Let's pull it back. Let's pull it back. Yeah. I feel like we've wandered.
1: Yeah, we've yeah. wandered. So Yeah. So where th- were we going? Yeah. So I, I have a question or wanted to get your thoughts on Jedi Mave or hmm. Yeah. What what you referred to where did, oh uh, <laughs> who uh Maeve is now Jean Gray yes yeah. yeah okay so bernard does mention a hive mind unconscious or unconscious that all the hosts share
0: mm-hmm.
1: is mave tapping into that or is it something else is it a mix like how does how is this happening
2: mm. yeah it's got to be that right i mean if they've mentioned it before it's because it, it's it's not a real telepathic ability but it would play off like that if she's tapping the the, the host cloud.
1: Yeah, I don't know I mean, what would seems to
0: be connected to proximity. Uh, what did uh, Bernard called it? The mesh.
1: Yeah, a mesh. I, I was talking to Jorge,
2: texting about what's you know it's it'll be cool to see the next scene, assuming that we from you know the whole army attacking her and her just pulling up her sword. Yeah, uh, and. Is it just gonna be like oh a bunch of dead bodies and it's just gonna be like the whole army that she just that just killed themselves, that she made kill themselves around her? Or is she just gonna take control of them?
1: Mm-hmm. Again,
2: that's Dolores and Maeve taking control of people while fighting the fact that people are trying to take control of them. Right? I mean they are kind of undoing all of yeah. the good that they're fighting for. So I don't know what good that does in the long run for their storylines, as cool as that scene would be for her to just take control yeah. of. Them. I don't know.
1: I mean Teddy Teddy is the one who says, like, let's just make a break for it. Like let's Constantly.
0: <laughs> no, no, he doesn't even want to make a break for it. He well, wants to make, make a break in middle of like the middle he's of West just world. is done. But yeah. He's like, we could start a we could start a life together. Like here? <laughs> like, do you not understand what's going to happen here? Like yeah. yeah, yeah. We were able to fend off a bunch of guys in golf carts. Uh <laughs> that that's not all they're sending.
2: I don't understand how much Teddy he knows everything he knows in the second episode, I believe they they brought yeah. him downstairs. They showed him everything. We yeah. assume that he, he knows about Delos and James and not everyone and strand even, and the whole hierarchy. He'd be asking those questions. Uh, and so I don't understand
0: why he's like, Yeah, hey, let's just build a cabin. Well, here's another way to put it. Some, some people do question. Some people have existential crises and some don't. Is that all it is? It's like, oh, this uh, is well, sad. I, I think they want to account for it. They they don't want it to just be like everyone is like constantly thinking about why am I here? What's going on?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but it is about like what what can happen when someone does really question their reality. Well, they realize a lot of the rules don't matter. And that they were said by someone else and they start to break them. And Teddy has just no interest in that whatsoever. Yeah. He's like, Oh, there's no rules, well then let's go be together. Let's do exactly what the rules say.
1: Because some people choose they choose not to have existential crises.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: I Dude, overall, and I, it's just t- It seemed like a a bottle episode. And I know we're going to get more of it, right? Because we didn't, I assume we're going to get more of Shogun World because we didn't, it didn't end with him leaving it. But it just seemed mm-hmm. like the fly episode from Breaking Bad or the episode of Friends where Chandler gets stuck at the ATM machine with the supermodel or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just like this one off thing that almost seemed, I want to, th- pointless is true, strong, right? Because we do learn some stuff. There is some character development, but it just, yeah. It seemed like there was, they were trying to add this thing just for like, let's do a whole Shogun thing and we'll learn like two things over this 45 minutes when it could have been one scene where we learn these things. It could have been a conversation with Sizemore where it was like, we basically, you have your version in every single world. It's a, yeah. like, it's going to be a Japanese version or it's going to be a whatever version or, a, you know.
1: Well, it, it felt like this episode struggled momentum-wise in the sense of how it was like the hard cross-cutting between yeah. two storylines. Maybe that's what it was too, yeah. And it seemed like every time you cut it, like it didn't add momentum to the episode. It just felt like, right. oh, now we're kind of like back to one and we have we have another scene and then we go back and another scene. So it, it didn't feel in any way propelling.
2: It, yeah, it very much seems like, oh, they're... They're walking to another village again. Oh, like they're they're walking here again. Oh, then then, yeah. then we're gonna go back to Dolores, and oh, now they're in Sweetwater, and they're I get they're they're, they're talking. I'm not yeah. hating any of the scenes, but yeah, maybe you're right. The momentum, the pacing of the whole thing yeah. just seemed like it like didn't match had out. the
1: whole episode been Shogun World.
0: Yeah, I think I would have been more into that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I found this episode
0: absolutely gripping. I, oh, really? I I definitely preferred the Shogun stuff to Teddy and Dolores, but I'm just not a ride or die Teddy and Dolores person. Like they're fine. Yeah. I'm excited to see where Dolores' story goes. I'm cool with moving on from Teddy at some point, even though he's beautiful. But, uh, but man, that Shogun world was fun. I loved it. Not, not just the action set pieces, just all the different interactions. There was so much uh, liveliness and and fun. I agree. Happening there. It was, it was just a blast.
2: Guys, I think I need real people and I hate that. As someone who loves sci-fi and hates it to my core when people are like, what, what does that show matter? They're on a spaceship. It's stupid. Who cares? Those yeah. dinosaurs, they can't make dinosaurs. That's not, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's just the setting. Every, once you get past that, then everything is amazing and you can do so much more with sci-fi that more, speaks more to universal truth than a drama or an action movie based in real world can.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
2: I, 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 I understand that concept. Maybe it's just the characters that are fake and real, whatever, you know, robot yeah. and, and, and human. But, like, I just miss William. And I don't love William, but all the William and James Della stuff from I think last week, I mm-hmm. loved that. And that was so developmental in my understanding of the universe and the park and those two characters. Right. And it just seemed like I understand who Maeve is. And she got a cool superpower. That's cool. I understand who Dolores is. Apparently she's more ruthless than I thought she was. And like that was the whole episode. That's what I learned. And I, I, I wasn't enjoying the moment-to-moment moment enough to be satisfied with that, I guess. Yeah. It seems like with the James and William stuff last week, I was enjoying the moment-to-moment moment stuff enough and learning stuff constantly about that. Yeah, and
1: but, Bernard and, and Elsie.
2: Yes, yeah, exactly. That going on at the same time. There was we, we didn't know she was alive before last week. So maybe
0: I am now firmly convinced that William, by the end of that, when he's the man in black, was a robot. And that we were watching two robots talk to each other. Really? Yeah. You think William died yeah. a long time ago? Wait, no, but he aged. Now. Um, I don't, he didn't have to die. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. no. They made the robot during. Uh, I, I think it's going to be uh, either middle aged or, or. I guess Ed Harris I'm not sure robot. If it'll be middle aged old, but yeah, it'll be Ed Harris robot. Um, yeah. and they may have made one of each. Who knows? Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. But yeah, that that last scene as a in backup the fidelity thing. Uh, I don't know the reasons yet. Um, okay. but in the the last scene, when we're getting the fidelity thing, it really just seemed to be like, either this is just one time too many, uh, for us to like enjoy the TV show or it's saying something new. And if it's saying something new, then what it's saying is William is being tested for fidelity, not James. Huh. Uh, and that's why the repetition that he's come in there and that that's kind of his scene waking up, uh, not to the fact that he's a robot, but you know, I mean, we, we've talked this whole time about how the man in black is the most robotic of the characters. Like he just goes out there and, and does the same thing. He follows the track. Uh, he's the one who's the least going to cause kind of, you know, going to upset the apple cart because, you know, I've got a mission to find. I'm going to do exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. I'll just kill everybody in my way. And the only thing that was interesting was when he got off that track and saved, um, Lawrence and his mm-hmm. family. Right, uh, you right. know, that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but I, I kind of think we're gonna find out that he's a robot, and that that's why that was fantastic is that was him waking up to the fact that he doesn't need to obey his programming.
1: Hmm. Okay. Sorry, Ben.
2: It's okay. Now I don't like William anymore, obviously. But not- <laughs> I know, I
1: know. You gotta turn turn off your heart. You, oh. You'll always, you'll always have Felix and Sylvester.
2: I yeah. will, man. Yeah, yeah. That'll that'll be great. Felix and Joss Whedon be. Uh. And we, we do have, we know that Bernard stole that, the mind of someone else who were, they made a copy of yeah. someone who was alive. So I'm, I'm thinking that's Robert cause that's who sent him down to get it. So Robert's somewhere walking around, still alive
0: for William. I guess it could be Williams. Also, I think there were two, um, uh, the one that he stole with Elsie and the one that he had previously. Stole.
2: Oh, and we got all the time jumping stuff we'll get into next week. That's true. Oh man. All right. So what did we learn this week?
0: Jason? About ourselves. <laughs> yes. Uh well we learned that Ben doesn't like robots. Apparently not at all. Uh, and that he's really excited to play Nero Talento with him. Oh man. And uh all right, so so next week on, did we cover all that? We're going into the Matrix with Elsie. Yep, yep. That's thrilling. Yeah. Uh the Bernard Teddy brain switch, it's happening. We don't know. I think wh- we're all ready for it. I'm
2: excited, man. That's what I hope happens with Teddy, that he does something else yeah. stupid or whatever. I mean, I guess Bernard got away, but whatever. Well, we'll figure out the brain switch. It's happening. I'm right or dying with the it's brain happening. switch. Uh, yeah. What's the matrix thing? What, what? Any ideas on what that machine would be that he's looking in, and Elsie's yelling at him? Are you okay? I think, and
1: I think he's crano. trying to tap into the hive mind. I think he's. I, right. I think there's going to be like some sort of actual like representation of what that would look like.
0: Well, we've, we've got to break out two separate things. One is the mesh, which Maeve is being able to deal with, which has to do with proximity.
1: Okay. And the other
0: is the cradle, which I think is what Bernard is getting into. Oh, They called it the cradle yes. when they were counting the bodies. Yes. Okay. Um, which I assume is where it sounds like maybe where they're born. So not sure why Bernard would need to get in there um, or what he's doing in there. But whatever he's doing, it's setting up the fact that that entire place is destroyed. Um, I also think the cradle might have been the thing that, uh, Middle aged William was saying, Have you ever seen something uh, so splendiferous? Uh, whatever the one so, is, to so
1: super califragilistic, expiali splendor.
0: And it, it, that's it. We saw
2: him, we saw Teddy walk out of a saloon and Bernard kind of walk in and Teddy yeah. didn't even look at him. So maybe it's some way of surveilling all of the hosts, right? Or walking yeah. around unnoticed. Yeah. Kind of Looking thing. through so. memories. Uh, yeah, man. It's Time stuff's going to get weird the last five. Five it's, episodes,
0: huh? Yeah, it's, it's where uh, memories are stored. They get backed up there. Uh, and that's where they get to be used for blackmail and for oh, uh, nice. prototyping of new human-android hybrids like James Delos. And Bernard needs to go into there to solve some kind of mystery. And while he gets in there, he's going to see something that he wasn't meant to see that will solve a different mystery that he didn't have but that we did have. Probably he'll find out that William is a robot.
1: I like it. Whew. Wow, that was that was basically episode six. That was yeah, it.
0: Yeah. So,
2: I, I have quotes from every episode. I, I jot down as we as we do it, or as we do it, as we watch it, <laughs> as, <laughs> as we do it. We're partners in love, guys. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're podcasting and in love. Uh,
1: okay.
2: And the one of the quotes I watched them all with the subtitles on because I'm watching them in the living room as my kids are going to sleep. So anyway, mm, uh, and you're my a my favorite. <laughs> I actually just turned it up really loud also, though, yeah, just to freak yeah. my kids out. Uh, but the, my favorite line, my favorite quote from the subtitles this week was the caption was, mentally uttering Japanese. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when well the doing. dude Im- impaled himself yeah. on, the, on the,
0: the whatever that thing was. Mentally way, uttering I, Japanese. Yeah,
2: mentally uttering One Japanese. One more quick
0: uh, cross-promotion. Uh, the other night, Maddie got up in the middle of the night and uh, walked in on uh, Megan and I watching Twin Peaks. And Dom, um, it was the scene when Richard is in the RV. No. Uh, so don't worry. We, we paused it. And, and we're like, uh, what's he doing? Uh, there's a dog that's caught in there. And he's got to go break in to, to help the dog out because the dog got locked inside.
1: Oh, and So no. he's going to break in
0: and help the dog. Why is the dog in there? Well, you know, he just got stuck. It's going to be OK. Mm. Oof. oof. Mm. Dark. Darkness. Anyway. Uh, Maddie went back to bed and had no nightmares that I know. Oh, poor kid. Oh, gosh. Uh,
2: Another one of the quotes, back to me since I don't watch Twin Twin Peaks, was. You uh, just edit the show about it. (laughs) I don't understand (laughs) it. Uh, Was Strand, uh, Carl Strand, by the way. His kind of voiceover is he's. I can't remember. He's talking to art. It's a shot of Bernard though, as, as Carl is talking. Yeah. And he says, it's very, at the first opening scene. How did all these disparate threads come together to create this nightmare? If we figure that out, we'll know how the story turns, which I like mm. is just him just describing how plots work, yeah. especially specifically Westworld. Here's all these crazy okay. things that are out of order. As soon as we understand them, we'll get it right.
1: I'm like Wait, Yes. Yes. That's how
0: it works. And what's his name again? Carl Strand. Strand. One more time, Stray, strand. That's strand. a that's a synonym for for thread, isn't it? Yes, and Carl like Carl
2: Marx, Marx like the Marx brothers, like the go. the silent one.
0: Clippy? How did all these Flippy? disparate strands come together? Um, uh, these disparate carls mm. come together.
1: <laughs> the disparate carls also opening for Band-nip. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was the band? In we you,
2: you mentioned it? Or you kept calling. Oh,
1: well there? done, Shogun
2: well done shogun
1: yeah. well done shogun <laughs> that's Delicious. yeah that's my new pop punk band well done shogun well well done shogun
0: <sighs> all right well i think we've uh run out of steam if not points to make yep, yep. Uh, yeah and so uh we will join you next week for episode six hey ben is there an episode title yet phase space what phase space it's hard phase. to say that quick phase space Phase
1: space He's Who's
2: face. space? It's phase. Space. P h a s <laughs> e space. Not like phase. Right, and then what's the uh, second Tina word? Tina phase
1: space. Oh, like is space the second word? Or are you just like is there a space between the two words?
2: No, it's Tina phase pace. It's, so it oh, like, a, com- like a, it's a comedic pace. Oh, okay. It, it I sounds got like it. a
0: really really PC version of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. Hi, this is phase space. This is phase um, space. We're just going to hang out and talk about stuff. Don't worry. There won't be any misunderstandings. Safe nope. space.
2: Not a safe space. Face space. Wait. Oh,
0: oh man. Wow. It's a safe space. You're right. That's that's all that's happening. Oh, it's all. No. Nope. All right. Cool. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's get out of here. Uh, oh, I hate us. Uh, you can catch us online uh, on overthinkpod.com. We're on Twitter at OverthinkPod. And uh, I'm on Twitter as at Helm Street. Ben, where are you? I'm the Ben Helms. And Dom, how about you?
1: Uh, Dominic underscore Lang.
0: Dance my puppets, dance. All right, we'll catch you next week. Go Team Human!
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to OverThoughts, a part of the OverThink Podcast Network. Uh, If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the Podcast Network. And if you're really feeling generous, go ahead and rate and review us on iTunes. That would really help us out in a big way uh, and would help us create more content to share with you as well. So, as always, you can check out our website at OverthinkPod.com, and our handle is at OverthinkPod pretty much everywhere else. So go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook, and that would help us by spreading the word. Uh, we're always interested in hearing from listeners, so please drop us a line and let us know what you think of the show. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, that kind of thing, uh, maybe even if you want to suggest uh, some topics for us to cover on a podcast, that'd be great. You can email us at OverthinkPod at gmail.com. Thanks again for stopping by.